he always said, he's like, I'll never be like you. Like, I'll never be like you. You know, you're, he thought, uh, and the more, you know, you can kind of break the walls down and realize that no, like I, I deal with the same struggles you do, but God's helped me with the things that I used to struggle with. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. Friends, if you're staying current with the episodes, Disciple of City will be in Moncton, New Brunswick for our Every Disciple Sent event on October 21st and 22nd, and we will also be in Kelowna, British Columbia, in November on the 18th and 19th. For more information on these events and how you can become equipped to share the gospel and see the Great Commission fulfilled, check out everydisciplesent.ca. And of course, follow the Toddcast along on Instagram at the Toddcast underscore DAC. And on with the show. My guest today grew up in Peterborough, Ontario. He played 1,104 games in the National Hockey League, split between the Ottawa Senators and the Nashville Predators. He's now retired from professional hockey and living in Tennessee with his wife and two boys. Please welcome Mike Fisher. Hey, buddy. How are you? How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Thanks for taking some time out to be on the show with us, man. I appreciate it. You got a couple little kids there, man. That's busy times, eh? Yeah, it's it's fun, though. My boys are three and seven, so it's a fun age. And um, yeah, it's it's been awesome. It's an awesome age, man. I can tell you that it it stays good. They're all just awesome, just different phases of awesomeness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mixed in with some, you know, mixed in with some trials, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah. that's all part of it. <laughs> Yeah. That that brings you close to your parents, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You appreciate your parents more when you have kids, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, uh, man, just uh, yeah, really appreciate you coming on and, and just sharing your your journey with the Lord and and uh, all that went on with it. So, let's just uh, you know go back to the beginning. I know you grew up in a Christian home, and if you could just like briefly, you know, talk about what that was like for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I had two solid parents that grew up in Christian uh, Christian families as well. Um, they met at, at Bible camp, uh, Graphite Bible camp, actually, which is up in Bancroft, and then my mom's family uh, runs. So, but I had you know fond memories of a church upbringing. Um, you know, my parents were good examples to us. Um, you know, they. Uh, they, at a young age, they made us, you know, aware that faith, you know, was the most important part of our lives. And, and they lived that out. They really did. You know, um, I remember not just outside of, you know, obviously church was, was regular. And I, I, some, I, I remember as a kid, sometimes missing a practice or things in hockey because my parents really wanted to stress the importance of, of, you know, priorities and, and church and that's more important than hockey. And, and obviously as you get older, it's, it's hard to do that, but, but those things I remember important. I remember many times coming down, waking up, you know, waking up early and there, my mom's down reading her Bible, doing her study. And, um, you know, just both of my parents were solid and, uh, gave me, uh, a good example to live out of marriage and, and raise kids and, and, uh, and have a relationship with the Lord. So that's cool. So 
now we've interviewed lots of people who grew up with in faith or without. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for those that grew up in faith as they sort of get older, even though you have that good example, you start seeing the world and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, obviously tons of hockey in your childhood, right. Which, which, uh, led you into the, to the OHL. So can you talk about like growing up in hockey and especially when you got to that level, mm-hmm. um, what that was like with your, with you, as far as your faith goes. Yeah. So I left, uh, I was drafted in, uh, 16, I guess, uh, or sorry, 16, 96. Yeah. To, to, to the Sudbury Wolves. So I went there, I played two years in junior. So I left when I was, I guess, just turning 17. So I left home, you know, leaving friends and church and family was tough. And I would say at that point, like, you know, I had a relationship with the Lord, but I would say hockey probably in my, was a priority, you know, had become, you know, looking back at God and, um, God was important, but I don't know that he was the most important, um, at that time. So I went away to Sudbury, you know, as a young kid, it's tough. You're, you're playing with, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds and trying to fit in and trying to, you know, be part of a team. And and I struggled being away. I struggled, uh, you know, in my faith at 17, 18, just making bad choices. Um, you know, and that, that was kind of the start of being, isolated on my own young, um, trying to figure out, you know, still, you know, trying to figure out what that looked like, you know, and what the obedience meant and following the Lord. And I just, you know, I made, you know, definitely made some mistakes and, and, uh, thank goodness a few years down the road, God brought someone in my life to, to help me. And, um, but junior, that junior age was, was really tough for sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely learned a lot, learned a lot what, you know, what doesn't fulfill, what doesn't satisfy and, um, you know, recognize that a few years down the road when I played in the NHL. So, yeah. So for, uh, for our out of country listeners, the, the OHL, the Ontario Hockey League is when you're young and, and re- really good, you get, like uh, Mike had said, drafted into this organization, which among others leads to the NHL. And so we know from uh, previous guests, my buddy Bruce Mackey, episode nine, he's from the Edge of Tom Foolery podcast. He's also involved in Hockey Ministries International. And uh, fun fact, Mike, he was actually recruited by uh, David Fisher, someone you might know. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he was recruited by David wow. Fisher to uh, be a chaplain with the Belleville Bulls. He's, he's still actually an active chaplain. Of course, now it's the um, Belleville Senators and it's the AHL. Um, but did you uh, connect with a chaplain? Well, first of all, was the people that you billeted with, Yeah, were, were they a Christian family or and do you get to pick? No, they them? were, I lived with a, a dad and his two sons and um, great people. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I had a chaplain in, in Sudbury, um, but I, there was another, not a lot of other, uh, Christians around me. And no, I don't know at that point how much it would have helped because I was kind of, you know, following the crowd a little bit and, um, having that, having great success in hockey, you know, and I guess that kind of, there I was getting some sort of, you know, sit, you know, that, that part of it was, was good. Um, but then I went, I got drafted after my first year in junior, I got drafted to, uh, Ottawa 
went back for one more year in junior. That was my second year. And then I played at 19 in, in Ottawa. And, uh, so that was, that was nice, a little closer to home. And, um, my second year playing in Ottawa, I, I lived with my cousin and he was a big influence in my faith journey and really helped me and just go through a lot of different things of dealing with, you know, some of the sin in my life and, you know, doing a Bible study together and really just digging into, I, I'd had enough of trying to live, you know, that life and got a taste of it and knew that it wasn't for me. And he really mentored me and helped me along the way. So, so this is your cousin, Warren. Yes. Yeah. See, we had our Toddcast people do some, some research. <laughs> okay. There so you your go. cousin Warren. So, yeah. so that was very timely then. Cause I, you know, I, I would ask you like going from the OHL into the NHL. Now you've hit, like, you know, your, your goal as a hockey player, you've hit the, the, mm-hmm. the big time. So it's a totally, I imagine different thing. So you had alluded, um, that down the road, somebody would come and, and is it Warren that kind of helped, helped you? Yeah. Sort of? yeah. We ended up living. So Warren lived at, he lived with our family and went to, to college in Peterborough. So I, I was close with Warren. He was seven years older than me, I believe. And, so we, we ended up just renting a house together with him and his wife and I, he took a job in Ottawa and, um, that was, yeah, my second, third year playing in the NHL and, you know, transition, the NHL was, um, you know, it was kind of the same as junior. I was one of the younger guys, um, I guess trying to fit in and it's just playing with older guys. And I remember times and, you know, I didn't really have much of a choice to, to you know they were they were doing you know they're definitely pressuring me to drink and do all those things which i that's 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 on me i'm not really blaming anyone but it was just a different culture different totally different and uh so not 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 you know very similar to to junior culture but so my cousin i remember he knew i was struggling i was in a relationship that it wasn't good either and um so we just started doing a bible study it was called firm foundation um it was one of our churches Bible study and um we just went through it, went through praying together, studying the word and just dealing with a lot of the the sin in, in my life. And Warren had gone through a lot of different things in his life too. He'd lost a girlfriend to a car accident and he dealt with some of the things that I'd dealt with. Um but he's a he was a brought a lot of wisdom to me and a mentor that, you know, that I needed at the right time. And um so yeah, we you know, we just really just got into the word and connected and, uh, it was exactly what I needed at the right time. And that, that's really, I think, you know, when I felt the Holy spirit really work in my life. And that was the first time I feel like, you know, I broke out of, and not to say I didn't have a relationship before, but it was broke out of that, you know, religion, I guess, of just kind of, that's what my family had always done. And I I knew the truth and that relationship was the answer, but I'd never really dug in and had to deal with some of those things and, and the brokenness of sin that, that, you know, that, uh, definitely humbles you. And so just kind of working through all those things. And then I was baptized. I think I was not, not long after that. And it kind of changed my whole perspective of, you know, the gift that God had given me to play in the NHL and using it for him and not wasting it and following, you know, the world and, um, you know, all those things. So it was, yeah, that, 
I mean, I think we all have, for the most part, someone in our lives that's come alongside us. And that's what Warren discipled me in a way that, you know, he just loved me for who I was and spoke truth into my life and um, just helped me really find the Lord again and recommit and, and, and really follow and be obedient in that. So, yeah. And that, that relationship piece, that's so significant. Right. And that's like to, to, to really understand what that means or the depth of what that means of having a relationship with a God you can't see physically. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's, it's interesting how we grow with the roots, Mm -hmm. but you got to grow in. And even though you grew up with that solid background, you still got to discover it for yourself. Yeah. And it's any relationship takes time, you know, in marriage, it's communication and it's just time together. And, you know, if you, if you neglect that, like I had been, you know, I knew the truth. I knew Jesus is the answer and, but I hadn't been spending time with them. And that's, you you can't have a relationship without spending time, you know, in, in his word and prayer and surrounded by people that, you know, are going to encourage you and and grow together. and, And, you know, you, you just, a relationship isn't going to happen without that time. And, um, that's what I, I knew once I started that, it just definitely changed everything. Um, so now there was a chaplain there. So for a time, Lori Boschman was the chaplain for the, for Ottawa. Is that right? Yeah, he was, he was chaplain for the senators and yeah, Lori was an incredible guy. And, um, you know, he had, he had a big impact on me as well. And he, he did, I don't know if they're still doing it there in Ottawa now, but, uh, for a number of years, I, th- I think they are, but, um, yeah, he was a big influence and chapels in the NHL are a great place for guys of all different stages of faith. Um, you know, just to, you know, hear some good truth. And, um, I think that builds, it's really looking back, it's built a lot of relationships for me inside teammates, giving me lots of opportunities, through the messages and and guys coming to chapel and um, being able to, you know, encourage guys and see guys where they're at. And um, yeah, those are, those are HMI has done an incredible job with the chapels, you know, in the NHL. So, so what does, what does that actually look like? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, these, there's a chaplain and you know that you can reach out and talk to them if you want, but what, what do they, what does that look like? Like, do they offer a chapel service for the team for those who want to go based around your schedule or how does that work? Yeah. So usually you're going to have a point man of someone that deals directly with the chaplain to set up scan the team, the guys to just set up chapel times. And for us, um, usually it was after practice. Um, and in Ottawa it was after practice. Um, sometimes we just have food ready and, three, four, five, six guys, you know, would, would come after obviously optional and, um, just spend half an hour and chaplain would have a message and, you know, we'd pray and talk about it. And, you know, that was kind of maybe once, once every few weeks or so we'd try to get one in and scheduling was, was hard sometimes on, um, yeah, something then, and then in Nashville, we'd have, we start doing them before practice. Sometimes we felt that that was better, but, um, you know, we had a lot of guys in Nashville that, um, that, that came to, and, and, uh, they have a good, great chaplain named Pike as well. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really important. And then the thing is, and there's a lot of leagues and junior there's chapels and then AHL chapels, NHL and, and, uh, 
some, sometimes this is their, these guys church, you know, it's their only introduction to faith really. And they, you know, how would invite someone or they'd, or someone else would invite them to come. And a lot of times they go from junior to a chapel in AHL to a chapel in NHL. And, and maybe they really haven't made a full commitment to, to follow Jesus, but that's kind of their church. And you see, sometimes it's years down the road that, um, you know, they make a commitment. I've seen that and it's been, you know, really cool. So, um, you just never know, um, when that, when that'll happen. But, um, yeah, that's, it has helped me a lot. Um, would these guys, chapels. would these guys travel with you? Um, not, not too often. No. Okay. Uh, sometimes they would. There's, there's a, you know, one of my mentors names, Tim Burke. He worked with hockey ministries for years is with another sports ministry now, but he, he would travel to cities to see guys on the road and that's kind of how he'd minister to guys. Um, so he, yeah, he, he was huge impact on me as well, but yeah, he found usually on the road, there's a little more time for guys, you know? So, so he'd minister to guys and and meet guys and uh, on the road, but, um, typically chapels are at home, but. Well, that's, yeah. And that's good. I, that's, uh, really good because with the schedule that you guys have and being on the road and even when you're home, if you're playing a game on Saturday night, like it would be hard. I would imagine if somebody wanted to attend a typical Sunday service to find one and, mm-hmm. you know, and attend it with your crazy schedule and stuff throughout the year. And then of course, off season when people are from all over different places, they obviously go home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no doubt. So when you, um, Okay, well, first of all, in Ottawa, uh, after you spent time with with your uh, with your cousin and with Lori and stuff like that, and sort of recommitted and everything, did you have opportunities? Did you have any opportunities that you could share to to share with another player, or did uh, did any players maybe come and talk to you or curious, or were you guys just the Christian guys and blah 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 type thing? Um, well, yeah, there. Yeah, I had def- definitely opportunities. I think as I got older too and spent a few more years in the league, um, you get more confidence because guys, you know, older guys have a little bit more respect in general. Um, but I think it, you know, for me, it was everyone knew I was a Christian hockey player. But at one point through junior and first few years, it was like just kind of lip service, you know. And then it's like, okay, how, if I'm a Christian, I'd – I'm signing off my rights to me and it's about following Jesus, you know, and how is that? Like, I, I need to be different. I can't be doing, you know, I can still go out with the guys, but I'm, I can't be doing the things that, you know, everyone is doing, you know, and how is that different? And then I, a lot of times, you know, that creates conversation, you know, I, I've had some <laughs> crazy conversations of, you know, in bars with guys where they're drunk and I'm not, and, just they're curious, you know, and, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity on airplanes and lots of different places. One real cool story that, that I'll tell that I didn't realize till a few years ago, but the guy that I played with years ago, he played, uh, senators a little bit and then played with Boston, but his name is Bobby Robbins and he was a fighter and, um, he's told his story before. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me telling it's, it's amazing face story, but, um, you know, he was at his wits end after he'd played in the NHL. He's a fighter and, um, a real tough guy. And, um, then he went over to, I don't know if he played over in Europe a little bit, but he was, uh, kind of, you know, into drugs and all these things. And, um, you know, he's really at wits end and didn't know if he wanted to live anymore. And he was in a, he was in a, um, 
he was in a uh, hotel one night and he saw the the Bible, the Gideon Bible, and he was just like, "Okay, God, if if this is real, show me." And he just started reading it. And then the next night he started reading it again and God spoke to him. He's like, he just knew it was truth, gave his life to the Lord. Now he's doing ministry. Come on. But he he told me, I didn't realize this. He told me at an event or a few years ago, he said, he remembered me reading the Bible on the plane, which I don't remember. I, 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 I like to read and stuff, but he told me, he was like, thought I was crazy for reading the Bible, you know, like, what is this? But I guess it somehow made an impact on him, I guess. But, um, that, you know, he just thought he's going to pick it up and just say, God, if this is real, but isn't that like perfect picture of a lot of times it's people that influence us, but sometimes it's the word of God, the truth, you know, God will just show it to you if you allow him to. And that, you know, it, he did a complete 180 his life and now he's doing ministry and sharing his story. And, um, but that's, you know, pretty cool, pretty cool face story. But, um, yeah, I've, I've been able to witness, you know, former teammates that I played with come to know the Lord too in the last two years um, that I've kind of been a part of that's just amazing. And I look back sometimes I'm like, man, did I, you know, remember some years like, and I had, I, I'd pray with Warren to start of every year, you know, we'd get together and be like, okay, is there, you know, let's pray for teammates. Is there some, someone that you can encourage minister to, you know? And some years I'd be like, man, I don't even know if I'm making a difference, you know, like in my, in my head. And and then sometimes it's years down the road or it's, you know, God just works in someone's heart and you're able to, um, hear some cool stories. So, um, but yeah. You know what? Well, it, and it's all in his time, right? Too, as we yeah. know, and him softening people's hearts, but it's cool for people to journey with you as you're sort of, it's good to be real. Right. And sometimes there's, there's struggles in people's faith journey and things they're navigating. And it, and yeah. it's, it's good for people to see that because it lends to the truth of who Christ is, as opposed to pretending that everything's okay. And, and, you know, so. Uh, couldn't, couldn't be, couldn't agree more. That's no doubt. As soon as you, you know, can let, cause a lot of people are like, well, you've, you know, you, you're, you seem like you're, you know, you've had a faith journey for a long time and, you know, I struggle with all these things. I'll never, I remember this is one of my friends that I was fortunate to read one of former players. I was able to lead the Lord a couple of years ago. He always said, he's like, I'll never be like you. Like, I'll never be like you. You know, you're, he thought, I, and the more, you know, you can kind of break the walls down and realize that no, like I, I deal with the same struggles you do, but God's helped me with, the things that I used to struggle with when I wasn't a believer. Um, but, but it's like some of these, they think they got to be perfect to, to go to church or they got to clean up to do this. And it's really the opposite. You know, God wants us wherever we're at to, to surrender. And for us as, you know, encouraging others, just being real and honest with our struggles and, you know, guys don't want to talk about, porn and all these types of things, but those things are real, you know, for Christians and non-Christians. But the more we can talk about things as guys that we struggle with that, and that I tell my, even my boys, like that I'm like, man, I sometimes I'll get upset and I'm like, that's a, I'll apologize sometimes to my boys. And, and, uh, I'm like, man, I need Jesus too, you know, cause they need to know that we need, we need the Lord, you know, they need to know that, that mommy and daddy are perfect, 
you know, and if we can kind of humble ourselves, but sometimes it's hard, but, but you're right. The more we can be honest and genuine and real about our struggles and not hide the, the the better off we are for sure. It's interesting. Uh, how you said this guy said to you, like, I can't be like you. And it's interesting how the enemy deceives us. And that statement just shows about how the enemy takes our eyes off of Jesus and, and, and makes people look at yourself and even pre-faith for me. I remember looking at people thinking, man, I can't be like these people. Mm -hmm. I do this, that, or the other. And it's just a total distraction. And it's not about being like you. It's about coming to know the Lord and replicating him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, when you, um, when you switched over to Nashville, uh, mm-hmm. down South being like the Bible belt, right? We're now knowing too, that players are coming from all over different parts of the world and different parts of Canada and the U S but was, did you find the vibe was things different faith wise being in Nashville in that area versus Ottawa? Yeah, no question. Yeah. It's, uh, it, I mean, there's, so there's. I don't know how, I think I want to say there's 700 churches in the area, maybe from all different from Catholic to, you know, Presbyterian to a lot of Baptist here, but, um, lots of churches. Um, the, the culture is different for sure. Uh, I, I don't know what percentage of people go to church here, but it's, it's much higher than, you know, in, in Canada and Ontario, much, much higher. Um, that being said, and when you grow up in a culture of church, sometimes that you can get de-churched almost to a point of where it's just, it's not as much about relationship. It's just about what you've always done, you know? So, so there's, and I find in Canada that usually if you're committed to going to a church, because it's in general against culture, you're, you're maybe a little bit more committed, you know, because that's not what the norm is, but, um, but there's definitely, you know, we, we've connected with a great church that we've been going to for seven years now. Um, but you know, it, it is definitely, definitely different, different for sure. Um, you know, I'm part of a great men's group and we love our church and so many different families that, um, with young kids and you were definitely really, really fortunate to be part of this community and, um, even, you know, schooling for our kids and stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's just a little different. So, um, now I've not spent a lot of time down there, but we took the family to Florida one year and, and drove through, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Georgia and all that. And, uh, I totally noticed the difference and I like, I I remember being in a hotel in Georgia on a Sunday morning and Charles Stanley was on the TV in the restaurant. And I was like, this is awesome. Meanwhile, and I'm also thinking this would never fly up home. Right. But then by the same time, nobody was really paying attention. It was just sort of on. So like you say, just that culture. And, and it's interesting because there was, you know, um, there was, it was easy to talk to people about Christ. Cause like you said, there's so much down there, but at the same time, there was also a lot of really uh, heavy religion. There was a lot of billboards that I saw that when I read them, I thought, mm, that's not bringing anybody to church, you know, yeah. the ex- sort of the extreme stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what about in Nashville or when you were on that team uh, and now you're, you're older, you know, more mature, just in age, but also as a player. And, and now there's a lot of younger guys, 
below you, um, was there more opportunities for you to share with, with teammates on Nashville or did you sort of tie in some of those stories with the previous question there? Yeah, yeah, definitely Nashville. We had a great group of chapel guys at one point we'd have probably eight or 10 guys, um, which really creates good opportunity for, you know, to minister to guys and encourage guys when guys are going to chapel, you know, there's an interest level, you know? Um, so our chaplain was really good here as well. And, um, yeah, there, um, you know, we, yeah, I guess as you get older, you realize even now it's like, you know what? Um, sometimes I missed it, you know, not missed it, but I I tried to be a good example to guys through how I lived my life and how I conducted myself on and off the ice. And, you know, and I, I, I was never really a, you know, even how I led, I was never overly vocal. Um, but, um, I think the biggest thing I, I was talking to a friend of mine recently and, um, you know, when I was younger, my younger days, it was like, Hey, everyone knew I was a believer, but my actions didn't necessarily, um, mesh up with, um, you know, what I said as a, as a believer, I said, if you're a Christian, well, you should be a certain way, but they, that didn't always coincide. But I think when you, as I got older, um, started to be more obedient and uh, intentional about trying to reach guys and my actions would line up with my words and who, you know, as a Christian that I think guys just want the consistency of knowing that you are who you say you are and you're authentic and real. And, um, you know, that was never, you know, there's a way to love guys for wherever they're at. And there's a lot of unhappiness in the NHL too. You see so many guys, I mean, that I played with and making crazy amounts of money and everyone thought they would be so happy you know, playing in the NHL, living their dream, beautiful family, and just, just not happy inside at all. Just so discontent. And it's so sad, you know, but there was no faith. They were just looking in all the wrong places to fill up their cup, you know, and that's, and, and I'd been there obviously early in my career, I'd look, was looking in the wrong places. And then I obviously found the, the right place. And, and so I could kind of, minister in that way a little bit and, and try to help, help guys that, you know, you knew were struggling. And, um, but that takes time. Sometimes it takes a, a rock bottom experience, which I've witnessed a few years ago, the player that hit rock bottom and, and it was like, okay, you know, and I've been trying to share with, I've been sharing with him for a long time, but he just was never ready. You know, he's never ready. And then you hit rock bottom. They're like, okay, okay, God, you know, and they'll give him, and give their lives to the Lord. But, um, but yeah, Nashville, uh, I loved playing here. I loved the group of guys and, um, have a really good church family that helps, uh, as well. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been good. So. Sometimes people need to hit that rock bottom for God to get their attention. Hey, yeah. Which yeah is, a lot of times, I'm, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately sometimes too, you know, it's totally sure unfortunate. That's what happens. Yeah. And you know what part of the, just as you said that, that part of, you know, the hopes of this podcast is that it reaches people to, for someone like you to say that of what you've noticed of people there in the NHL, this great career was something that they always wanted making heaps of money. We see it in the music business too, right? We see it with Chester Bennington from Lincoln park and all these guys, Robin Williams, who would have thought, 
you know, the, the, the actor of all these people that seemingly have all this, but yet mm-hmm. there's something missing inside, right? Which just speaks to the void that can be filled with Jesus. Hey. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So, yeah. so Mike, you decide, you decided that's a lot of, that's a lot of games over 1100 games. You decided to retire. What's, uh, what are, what are you doing? Obviously me having three kids, I know what it's like having two little kids as a full-time job all on its own, <laughs> but, uh, what, what else are you doing? What are you doing these days? Well, you're, so I, um, obviously with, you know, my wife's schedule, um, I've decided not to take anything kind of full time, but because I need to be flexible with boys running them to school and back and, um, she's getting ready to head, head out on tour. So it'll be just me and the boys for a little bit. And so I've, I have a, I have an apparel company called catching deers and that's, I love to hunt and fish. That's really, those are my passions outside of, you know, playing hockey and faith. And I love I love hunting and fishing. And so that I'm part of that company. And, um, we try to use that to encourage people in their faith as well, to get outdoors and enjoy God's creation. And, um, uh, I do a little bit of, uh, sit on a few boards, um, of some nonprofit organizations. One's a PAO it's professional athletes outreach. So we actually started, uh, we've had three, so they've done football for 50 years, over 50 years now. So they have conferences in the off season to encourage guys in their faith and, um, you know, marriages and different kind of seminars. They bring in great speakers, there's worship and fellowship and kind of bring in the faith community together in these sports. So there's uh, major league baseball, NFL. We, we just got hockey off, uh, off and running and we've had it for three years. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a board member on that organization and, um, so that, that's been unbelievable this summer at PAO conference. Uh, one of, one of the predators, Ron Johansson, he accepted Christ and, uh, at the conference and I was able to baptize him after. And then another former teammate, his fiance, I baptized them the same night. Yes. And it was, that was, uh, I mean, probably one of the highlights of my life, no doubt, um, being a part of that. So that ministry is doing incredible work. Um, and, uh, so yeah. And then, uh, part of a, uh, organization in Haiti called Denise's children. So I'm on the board for that. So I kind of, you know, I have a men's group that I, I'm meeting with buddies and, you know, I, I want to stay flexible that I can just live life with other guys too. And, and, uh, you know, kind of help, help with the boys and family and I'll travel a little bit, um, with the boys on my wife's tour this fall and in the spring. And so I'm just busy enough, but I don't want to get too much busier, but I, I, enjoy, I love this kind of stage of life where our boys are at and, um, trying to be, be the dad I need to be for them. And, um, but you know, without, oh, I'm also involved with my church a little bit. We do, uh, started a ministry called versus we do, uh, we do, uh, men's events, um, and try to encourage guys in their faith and our kind of slogan or tagline is don't go alone. So we try to get guys, in different, um, you know, men's groups. And we do content for that to get, to get guys into Bible study groups together. And, um, so we will just bring in speakers. We had Tim Tebow at our last event and really good worship. And, uh, we had a bunch of guys that accepted Christ. And, um, so that's a ministry that we started out of our church, but it's kind of a citywide thing that, um, you know, 
been cool to be a part of that. So that's kind of things like that, that, um, that I'm involved with right now. And I, I don't, everyone always asks me, are you involved in what do you do with the Preds? And I do, I do like some charity events with them, but that's kind of it. So, um, I don't, I'm not cut out to be a coach or anything. And, um, I love to play, but outside of that, uh, that's about it. So that that's that's a lot <laughs> that's a busy schedule man that's a lot of things that's awesome though that's really good that you can be involved in 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 so many things and help out in so many different ways yeah a lot of a lot of those don't take a ton of you know sometimes there's it's time consuming but at the other time it's not i can still set my schedule and uh you know be flexible enough and have margin to do do some some things some other things and um but no it's been yeah it's been it's been great so so now speaking of catching deer so we've we've had we've had bud on the show a while back can't remember bud or rut we had bud okay rut rut was booked (laughs) so couldn't get right expensive (laughs) yeah yeah and we're a non-profit you know ministry so we couldn't afford rut but fortunately (laughs) bud came uh maybe one day we'll get rut um so, but just speaking of that whole thing, uh, I guess we're, we're getting into the hunting season for you down there. Yeah. Well, it's been, uh, so it opened, we had a velvet season, uh, last weekend in, uh, August in Tennessee. So I was, I was, I hunted that weekend. And then the, uh, Kentucky opener of a farm in Kentucky was the weekend after. And that's when I have a lot of buddies from Canada come down to catch and catching deer skies and we hunt. And then I've, I've hunted most weekends. I took the boys for a few weekends. Um, they're at an age now when my oldest, uh, he likes to hunt too. And my youngest, he, he'd like to shoot something, but he's a little young. He's only three and a half, but wait a minute. Um, Your oldest is seven. I thought you said, yeah, he's seven. Sorry. Right. The oldest is seven. Yeah. So he's, he, he likes, he's hunted for a couple of years now. He shot, shot a few deer and yeah. So he, it's different here. So in, in, in <laughs> Ontario or Canada, you got to be, I think I shot, I think I was 14 maybe when you get your license. And, uh, here it's, uh, if you can pull the trigger, you're good to go. <laughs> so yeah, Isaiah shot his first year. He was five. Wow. Um, Dude, so, so- but I, you, you obviously have to be right there with them, make sure everything's good. You're coaching them. But to me, it, the younger you can get these kids outdoors enjoying, you know, being with their dad or some, you know, I think that's important, you know, and I remember going with my dad, but I could never, you know, I was just kind of with them and I'd watch them. But I think, you know, getting kids, I think it's the more, it's so much more important now with video games, with the distractions of social media, with all those things like outdoors to me is underrated for kids we got to get them outdoors and earlier. Yeah. Um, and I, I know it'll never, I don't know if that'll happen in Canada, but at least if you're a hunter, take your kids with you fishing <clears throat> outdoors, hikes, all those things. I mean, that, and that's what we're trying to, even with catching deers, we try to, you know, our hunt camp. So you'll find this kind of funny, but our, at our hunt camp, after I retired, I was like, man, I, you know, Cause you, things you miss about when you retire is like the guys, the group, the togetherness, you know, as guys, you know, so I retire, you don't have that, but I found them like, well, hunting, I still get that. If we go to the hunt camp, I got your buddies, you're, you know, making fun of each other. You're laughing, you're telling stories. It's a lot cleaner at the hunt camp. But, um, so I made a, I made like a little locker room in my, uh, 
my uh, garage and we'd have our, it was like a hockey locker room and you'd have all your gear and nicknames. And cause I wanted that kind of locker room feel at the hunt camp. And, uh, but that's what it's, you know, with catching deers, we want to get guys together and we do a Bible study every morning at, at hunt camp and we'll pray together and kind of be intentional, you know, and, and why we're there, encourage each other. And, um, my brother, Bud, he, he led, uh, he led, he led someone to the Lord in a deer blind. I was probably set six or seven years ago. Yeah. We at, heard that story. Camp. So did he tell you that story? He did. He shared that story on the podcast. Yeah, so I, yeah. That was, that was awesome. So that's kind of, yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of what catching deers is about. Obviously, you know, making good, good gear that connects people, um, to the outdoors, but you know, that's, I think it's so important, um, getting kids and being out outside. And you know what, that was a fantastic story too, actually, because you know, you're, you're in a, you're in a duck blind and it just, uh, just the way he, just the way he framed it of just how it came up, it came up in a way that he couldn't, uh, he had, to to share the story. So there's episode 14 friends. If you want to go and check that out and hear that story. Um, but yeah, cause the Lord, the Lord, uh, the Lord will just tell you when he wants you to speak. Hey. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, you know, this year someone asked, actually I was on a podcast that started the year and, uh, he was like, you got to give me one word. That's going to be your word for the year. You know? And my word this year was like bold boldness, you know, like just if God, if you feel like something from the Lord, just nudging you. A lot of times you get, I, I always love those people that were just unashamed. They'd pray with someone anywhere, you know, but I, I'm a little more on the, I'm not, I'm more introverted, but at the same time, it's like, if, if you feel God's, you know, just speak truth, be bold. Don't, you know, don't be, don't be ashamed and um, just be real and genuine. And if you do that, man, God's going to work like he always does, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mike, thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing your story with us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. No, thank you. Thank you for all you're doing with the podcast and, um, you know, reaching people and it's, you know, good for you. Well, we yeah, just, uh, for having me. So, yeah, we just really want to get the word out and, uh, you know, our, our ministry exists to equip Christians in the great commission. And so, you know, uh, appreciate your story of just navigating yourself through, through your faith and, and the opportunities that you took advantage of to share the gospel. And that's what, just what we want to see people do, right? We can, uh, certain people you could reach that I can't and vice versa. And so we all got to yep. get out there. Um, yeah. your, your, um, locker room that you built for the, for the hunt camp, did you, does it smell like a hockey locker room no, too? Or? <laughs> no. no, actually we have like, Cause hunting is all about scent control, right? You got to watch your scent, especially deer hunting. But so I got this ozonator it's called, it's pushes out ozone and it's the kind of what they use in hospitals to clean. So ozone will cover scent molecules and bacteria and stuff. So I'll flip that on to clean all our stuff. So it smells great. In there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A good way. So you miss everything, but the smell, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, just one more question for you, bro. Um, if you had the opportunity to, uh, you knew a kid that was like, I don't know how 18, 19 or whatever age where you're going in your first year 
into uh, into an NHL team. And you know this kid grew up Christian, but they're say down a a darker path, you know, or or just really really caught up in all the hype and everything that it is, and they're going that way. What what would you say to them to help them navigate their way through through the NHL? Well, I would say without other people around you, I would say you know you need to be connected to either the church or someone or other people, other men that can, you can go alongside and, and preferably more someone with more wisdom than you. And, um, you know, I think of that story about Bobby too, you know, if you don't have that, just read the word of God and say, God, just help me, help me speak to me. Um, you know, I, I would say for me when I was dealing that stuff, like repentance, just, you know, we have to be, you know, God will give us forgiveness. But when it came to a point that I, it was the first time in my life where I was like, okay, God, like I was repenting from my sin and that changed so much inside of me. And that was like, okay, I need to start going the other direction. I need to be, start to live in obedience. And so I would say if there's sin in your life, repent, go the other way. God can take care of all the other stuff. And I know that, you know, for, young kids it's it's hard because the culture of hockey of the world is going one direction but but as a christian we need to be going the other direction and how does that you know it's hard to do that alone and i I was perfect example it's very hard to do that alone so try to find someone connect with another christian believer um you know and and uh, ultimately though you know Without God, I mean, you're not going to find any fulfillment. And, you know, retiring from hockey, especially recently, I just realized, not recently, but the the, long, the older I get and my kids at that age, I'm like, well, and I, you know, I had everything as far as money and career and beautiful wife and family, but with the Lord is not center of that. I mean, there's, without Him, we're nothing. And so that's why I try to get more involved with ministry is because, you know, there's, that's, what's most important. And, and, but yeah, it's without him, we're nothing. And, and, uh, yeah. That's great, man. Thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate your time today, brother. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me. And, um, thanks for all you're doing to, to share, share your, your story and and to minister to people and that's awesome amen chat soon bro all right thanks without god we're nothing friends and he is calling you and like mike's buddy some people need to hit rock bottom before they hear from god but friends why wait He's calling you now. 